Welcome to episode number three of the Low Angst Library podcast. Today we have an interview with AJ Truman. I'm your resident librarian, Lee Blair. This library is your stop for all things light, fluffy, funny, sweet, spicy, and everything in between. I not only publish low angst queer romances, but I'm a voracious reader of them too. I created this podcast because I wanted to talk to other authors who write romances with main characters on the LGBTQIA2S plus spectrum so that I could learn what draws them to the lighter side of angst, more about their books and their writing processes. I'm excited to share my interview with AJ Truman. In it, we talked about AJ's path from screenwriting to MM romance, the character that he most relates to, and how he's evolved his various series. AJ Truman writes books with humor, heart, and hot guys. What else does a story need? He lives in a very full house in Indiana with his husband, son, two cats, and a dog. He loves happily ever afters and sneaking off for an afternoon movie. Before I share this great interview with him, I want to share a note about the timing. So this interview was recorded about five months ago, and due to lots of tech support issues, the episode is super delayed. So when we start talking about AJ's upcoming projects in the interview, know that the timing is a bit off. So I've recorded a brief update at the end of the interview to share a bit about what's going on with his books now as of March 2023. All right, time for the interview. Hi, AJ Truman. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today in the Low Angst Library. I'm really excited that you're here. Thank you for having me. Excited. My second only podcast, so psyched to be here. Oh, I am psyched that you are here. That's worked out perfect. <laughs> so I am just going to come out and say that I am obsessed with your books. I adore <laughs> the blend that you have of humor, the romance and the connection between the characters, the friendships among your characters and the steam. And I really appreciate how you write low angst. And it's in a way that I feel like keeps the reader's attention without being angsty, but you find other ways to keep that attention and keep tension going. So, you know, for me, it's catnip. I just love your books. And selfishly, I'm really glad that you write them. And I would love to know just how you got into writing books in the first place. And then specifically what drew you to romance sure so i had a weird path to it i always loved to write but i was never a reader in school i hated reading because we had to read all these old classic novels which i just had no attention span for i was a child of television my mom put me down from the tv when i was like a year old and i just never left that spot so i went to college i wanted to be a screenwriter i wanted to write for tv then after that I kind of got into writing young adult because that was pretty big. That was late 2000s when like the YA boom was really starting to happen. So I started reading it um, and I really liked that young adult books were more fast paced. It was like reading a screenplay. It was very dialogue focused, action focused. So I started writing those. But then I had an idea. I wanted to write something that was set in college. You know, so I wanted to write something set in college with gaming characters and at the time that just was not really a thing you know you had geography club by brett hartinger you had rainbow boys but there wasn't really a lot there and especially not in college the young adult was very focused on high school age kids and i, I was thinking well i want to write like i want you know 
gay felicity like that wb show there's a show greek on abc family on at the time it's like i want something like that but with gay characters i want something like dawson's creek these shows like i used to watch and love when i was a teenager and then a friend recommended to me i uh, downloaded this book called social skills by sarah alva and i read it and it was incredible it is a college nerd jock romance but it was just so beautifully written and it was like this is everything i want these are the type of books i want to write i think it was like NaNoWriMo i started writing my first book out in the open and i put it up the the following year and it just had a really big response bigger than i was expecting so i just kept writing that series i was never a romance reader growing up that's not really what i gravitated to i love like rom-coms romantic comedies I love like that soapy primetime TV. Like when I was in college and I wanted to write for TV, the show in my head was Desperate Housewives, which had just gotten on the air and was a huge hit. And I was just obsessed with it. That and Grey's Anatomy. I love those shows. So with writing romance, it allowed me to you know, activate the soapy things that I love, but also allowed me to be funny, you know, and all these things and really show off my writing style. And I was able to write about gay characters and it wasn't, a quote-unquote gay issue book that I had to write. It wasn't a book about like, oh, look at me, I'm a gay person, but I I still have thoughts and feelings just like you. It didn't have to do those books. It was just these characters, they're gay, and now let's get into the story. It was so freeing. I really felt like I had found my niche. And so I kept writing. Um, I had taken some breaks throughout the years after writing a few books in that Radisson series. And I dabbled in some other things, but then I, I just kept coming back to it because I just, I, I love, I think the best parts of my writing are the humor. I love like really funny dialogue. I love like a fast pace. I love that soapy steaminess. So it all just kind of culminating with, um, with writing romance and continuing to get into it. So it's, it's been a great time. I'm very grateful that we live in this time when it can be a big genre, when there's so many authors publishing it, when readers can read it so easily. Kindle was just such a game changer for that. Yes, absolutely. Oh, I love that journey. What a way to get here. Yeah. And you're right. Like it's, <laughs> it is so accessible now. There's so many different books and there's a little something for everyone. And I love that we can kind of carve those niches for ourselves. And you are currently writing in a low angst niche with your stories. Mm-hmm. So it, your college age stories, those had a little bit more angst than your more recent series, right? Yeah. So a little bit, a little bit angstier because what 19 year old isn't angsty? Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's be real, but it still had the, the hallmarks of my books today that there's still, there's still humor in them, still steamy, still soapy. And so I just kind of carried that into these new books. I, I dropped the angst, you know, because I think for me, you know, with everything going on in the world, like I just need these books to be more of an escape for me. And I just did not need drama. We have enough drama in the outside world. I just, it was my safe space to just escape all of that. So I'm just really happy I can create this world where it is low angst, where, you know, things get wrapped up nicely, where there's no one that is like that cruel or that horrible. I agree with you completely. That's what draws me to it too, is just that escape is of the, that kind of old saying of, write what you want to read. That's yeah. That's me with low angst too. If I'm going to live in the world while reading a book, but I'm going to live in it way longer while writing it, I want those warm and fuzzy feelings. Yeah. 
And I think just growing up, since I was such an avid TV watcher, you know, what I love about TV, TV, I think, you know, in essence, is like a low-inks medium because at the end of the hour or the end of the half hour, things get restored, you know, especially on like comedy series, um, you know, or even on like medical or doctor shows or lawyer shows. For the most part, things get resolved at, at the end of the show. The characters never change that much. They never get that harmed or, or that affected. By being such a TV watcher growing up, I think that was just ingrained in me as well. Like, I love the thoughts of like, you know, characters, you know, not, nothing's ever too traumatic or too painful that like, the characters can't get past them. That makes a lot of sense. And I'm curious. So one thing that I've discovered as kind of going through and getting this podcast started is much mm-hmm. like steam levels, there is subjectivity to what low angst means. So I would love to know mm-hmm. for you, what does low angst mean? That is such a good question. I had a feeling you were going to ask it, and I was like, okay, AJ, come up with an answer beforehand so you're not just umming and eyeing on mics. And of course, I did not do that. But I think for me, low angst just means that things never get too too dramatic in my mind i have a hallmark christmas movie um oh god what's that word a hallmark christmas movie sniff test for lack of a better word with it with this plot fit in a hallmark christmas movie would, would it totally align with that and if it's too dramatic it won't that kind of helps me so i think what low angst means is that yes there is conflict but it's nothing too dramatic or traumatic or too painful it's light it's fun it's something where you just know at the end that there will be happily ever after. I think a big thing too is I've seen readers who who say, oh, I I want a really hard fought HEA for low angst. It's not a hard fought HEA. You know, there's some obstacles, of course, but you know, it isn't like these characters not being put through the ringer. If you want books that make you cry, these are not my books. I don't think of low angst that way. You know, but there are people who like, they want all the ceilings that they want to be put through the ringer. I think for, in those cases, that's high angst or just regular angst. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I really like that we've got this language and classification available to us to help readers find what they want. So we have sort of this yeah. universally acknowledged and accepted low angst terminology or high angst, you know, that we've got words for it. So Readers who wouldn't be happy with our stuff can find other things. And the readers who want that Hallmark vibe, which Hallmark sniff test, I am internalizing the hell out of that because I love Hallmark yeah. movies. <laughs> just, I just love that. It's kind of like this litmus test of, okay, with this school Hallmark movie. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so I would love to know about your writing process, whatever you'd like to share about how you start drafting an idea where you fall maybe on the pantser plotter discovery writer spectrum anything i find myself changing or adapting my process with each book i write but in general i'll come up with um either a trope i want to cover or a concept that just or an idea that just sparks me i'm more of a plot driven writer so i'll think of a cool plot or something and i'll think okay well what characters would exist in this plot with like my book, South and the So, I was like, well, I love the idea of like two warring single dads who have to team up. What would this look like? You know, what in what circumstance would they have to team up? 
and be stuck together. That book, I just thought about these really intense sports parents for like Little League and stuff who get so into it. And at first I was, I wanted to be like two rival Little League coaches, but logistically I couldn't really make that work in terms of the adhesion part. So I started thinking about what other activities they could do. I'm like, well, what if their sons are both in a scouting trip and they have to work together? So I, so I think of the concept first and then I'll write an outline. Uh, I'll, I'll think of the main plot points in the book. And again, TV mind, I'll think about like, like what are like the big act breaks? If it's like, you know, a network drama, there's usually five commercial breaks. So what are the big act breaks I want to build up to? And so I'll, I'll draft my outline that way. And then I'll write the first draft and I consider myself a planter. <laughs> so I'll have an outline, but I can go way off outline if I need to. Um, I, I consider the outline is like the interstate when you're on a road trip. You go on the interstate, but sometimes you want to take a detour and take the scenic route for, for a few miles. But you know you can always get back onto the interstate whenever you need to. I will, I will take I will take detours because the first draft, like these characters, I'm meeting them too. Like you're meeting them when you read them. I'm meeting them when I write them. So it is just about me getting to know them. And a lot of times they can surprise me. You know, like, oh, I thought this character was going to be like this. Oh, no, no, actually they're like that. So it is a lot of discovery for me. Then the second draft is when like the real like roll up your sleeves work happens. That's like a heavy edit. I go chapter by chapter. I see, okay, what's working, what's not. And even as I'm writing my first draft, because I'm a big proponent in finishing what you write, even if it's not going well, if it's kind of a hot mess, finish it because you can revise something that's finished. If you keep trying to change things while you're writing it, and at least for me, everyone's process is different. It just draws it out and just becomes a lot more difficult. I like to finish things. And even when I'm, when I'm writing, I'm like, okay, I know what I'm writing will have to be changed or this plot line is not working. And then, yeah, the second draft is when I go through, make those changes. And then the third draft is cleaning up things like here or there, like little grammatical things. And then I send off to beta readers, get feedback, and then copy editors and away we go. Yeah, it is fun. I always think, well, I, well, I, well, I want to write another book. <laughs> you know, well, I get excited about another book, but I think once I come up with a good concept and interesting characters, I love thinking of like situations for them to get into, you know, especially my favorite part is like the build up to them hooking up. That's always the most fun to write. That is so fun. And I love the increasing challenge as you write more books and you're like, okay, I need it to be different from what I've written before. <laughs> yeah. Just makes it more complicated. I love it. So with your background in screenwriting, do you find that that helps you with your pacing and kind of planning and outlining a novel? Oh, yeah. It's been very helpful. You know, I just, because when I took screenwriting classes in college and it just drilled into outlining and plot structure is a huge part of it. That's been very helpful. So just understanding three-act structure, but then also what's in those different acts. I kind of write in like a, five act structure where I kind of break it into smaller pieces. And then I think about those, those like separate pieces as like, as like mini plays in themselves. E each part of it has to build up to a climactic moment, whether it's like their first kiss or their first time that they have sex or when maybe there's a big breakup or maybe when they start to realize like, oh, we're not just hooking up, we're actually in love. So I try to build up to, to all of those and just having that background in screenwriting just helped me figure out structure and like, and, and you're right, and pacing and just knowing, you know, how, at what point things should happen. At 30% point, this should happen. At the 60% point, this should happen, et cetera. 
Nice. Oh, that's great. I love that that yeah. experience is translated for you. Good. Yeah. So great. where do you get some of your ideas and inspiration for your stories? That's a good question. It can come from, from all sorts of things. Sometimes I'll just start with like a trope and then build out from there. Sometimes I'll be watching a movie or TV show or I'll read a book and it'll spark an idea in me like, oh, that could be interesting. How would that translate into romance? I was listening to a podcast. I love movie podcasts. And I was listening to one about this movie from the 90s about this guy who steals someone's identity and moves to the small town. I was like, huh, that, that's interesting. Well, what would that be like in a romance book if like you're dating someone and all of a sudden you know, you find out that like they think their identity or something like that. I can get it from a lot of random places. Sometimes if it's like a new trope that I'm working with, like that's always exciting, figuring out, okay, how can I play in this sandbox? And then I, I think also I love writing enemies to lovers. It's my favorite trope, my favorite to read, my favorite to write. Just thinking about like, okay, if you have a character, what is the exact opposite of that character? Who would he hate the most? And then just going from there. It can come from from all sorts of places. Everyone is different. And sometimes it's just questions I'm having in my own life and exploring them in book form. With the Single Dads Club, I got that idea because my husband and I, we'd been trying to have a baby for about a few years. It took us about four years. So it was a very long, lengthy process with a lot of bumps in the road. And just me thinking, I can't wait to be a dad. I hope I get to be one. It'd be fun to like hang out with other dads. And then I got this idea for you know, oh, what if it's a group of gay single dads and what would that look like? Oh, I love that the inspiration for that series came from real life. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. And I feel like my next question is one of the hardest. I mean, I, since we're on the topic of dads picking your favorite child. So what's been your favorite <laughs> book or characters to write so far? Recently, it's The Falcon and the Foe. I just loved writing Cal. He is very much me. Cal is just like a lovable hot mess. And Russ, the love interest, is this perfect type A dad. And I just love that contrast. They were just been so fun to write. Cal is just a piece of my heart because I kind of thought of him as a gay Bridget Jones. And <laughs> Russ is like the uptight Mr. Darcy. And I'm such a Bridget <laughs> Jones. I'm just such a hot mess. Um, so it was just so much fun to write and he was just so funny. He, like, I think he really just helped me like refine my mojo with writing. Cause it's like, oh, I like being funny. The book that I wrote before that was like, definitely it was the last one of my college series. It was on the angstier side and it had trouble coming together. But this one was like, oh, I forgot. It's, it's fun to write fun books. It, it's fun to have like fun jokes and like fun witty banter. Um, so he was just so much fun to write. Um. And then aside from that, the book I'm currently writing, the main character, he is a theater teacher. He is very into theater and like being very theatrical. And I love, I can draw on my love of like theater and pop culture with this character. Because he's, again, who would be the last person in the world that he'd want to be stuck with? A big jock, you know, big football coach who's just like, who thinks that Fast and the Furious movies are high art. Um, and who thinks Richard Shakespeare's Richard III is a sequel to Richard II. Um, <laughs> so that's been a lot of fun to write right now. Just, I, I, I love that combination of the uptight one and like the, the kind of slob, hot mess one. <laughs> I am so <laughs> excited for the book that you're writing 
The way you <laughs> set it up at Ancient History, oh my God, I cannot wait. So on behalf of your readers, please write faster. I'm begging you. <laughs> We're working through it. Unfortunately, my son is now up to like taking pretty long naps in the afternoon. So I'm like, oh, good. Yes. All right. <laughs> good boy. <laughs> But you're right. Like the contrast, I can see, like thinking back on your books, I can definitely see that in The Falcon and the Foe. Oh my gosh, those two. It, but it, I think it works so well because mm-hmm. it gives you that, it, it helps sell the why they're good for each other. And it comes yeah. through so clearly. I love that <laughs> so much. And so you've talked about enemies to lovers being a favorite trope for you to read mm-hmm. and write. What are some of your other favorite tropes to read and write? I love small town romance. I love the quirkiness of a small town. Bonus points if it's in New England in the snow or in the fall. Weather tropes are fun. I enjoy um, looking at my bookshelf right now. I lo- oh, I love age gap. Age gap and even size gap. The barkeep and the bro. I love this, the size difference. You had Mitch, who was like this 40-something big bear of a guy. And Charlie, who was this like short king. You know, short, but had a big mouth on him. And I just love that difference. I thought that was really hot to write. I love John family. I love creating that friend group. And Nerd Jock is always a great one. I guess that's kind of like enemy, enemies to lovers too. <laughs> and then virgin romance. I feel like I'm just a perpetual virgin at heart. I can be very naive at times and like very just like, <laughs> whoa, like with everything with like new things that I see. Even though I'm nearing 40, like sometimes I have this 18, 19 year old mindset where I still come off as like just very like innocent and just, yeah, version at heart. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I definitely identify with those characters and, and they're fun to write. Like I have another version romance that's coming up. And also too, like, you know, I think it's fun, especially in MM romance because, you know, there's just, it's not just like the, the version part. It's like the whole, a lot of them is a lot of times it's them just like kind of getting used to being gay and then being out. And I, I enjoyed that as well. I haven't really written a lot of coming out books recently because I think part of me, if like the lowings too, well, like I try everyone to be out and be cool with it. And if someone isn't out, they come out and it's no big deal. So I think it's part of my safe space and my escape with doing it. That makes a lot of sense. I like that about low angst too. There's that built-in acceptance of that you come out and that's great. And we move on and yeah. then there's other conflict. And I think there's space for all kinds of books, but that's for me personally as a reader, that's something that draws me toward the low angst side is that's yeah. often not the point of tension. Yeah. I like that. And I think too, what I love about low angst, especially in these new books uh, in my single dad series and the South, South Rock High series, there's no homophobia. That was a, decided point that i wanted in these books where it's like there's enough of that craft in the real world yes it is inherent and there's authors who write wonderful books who tackle homophobia i just did not want to be one of those people i dealt with it in my own life i just didn't want to deal with it here and i think it's part of that lowing state definition it's i just want to create this fake world where people are out it's no big deal people are over it and everyone just can go on living their lives Absolutely. That's something that drew me to Schitt's Creek as well with Dan Levy talking about that was one of his goals for creating that town is, yeah, there's a lot of shit wrong with that town, but homophobia is not one of those things, which I love. Yeah, for sure. So I would love to know more about your reading habits. Do you read while you write? Yes. 
I'm a slow reader. <laughs> um, so I don't, I'm definitely not as voracious as the readers in the genre. Um, but yeah, I do like to read. I do like to stay up current on authors that other people are reading, especially authors in our genre, in our subgenre. I just lo- love to see what they're doing, you know, wh- what that voice sounds like. But I definitely, I, I have varied reading because I'll go back and forth. I'll read some romance, but I'll need to take a break and read, you know, some other type of general fiction, but then I'll come back to it. Books I've liked recently, Ella Olson's P.S. I Loathe You is fantastic. I just got such boyfriend material vibes from it. It is so fun. And even just the plotting is wonderful. I'm loving that book so much. And then I love Serena Bowen. Her book Roommate Last Year was my favorite read. Just that perfect small town vibe. And just the characters are just so vibrant and just so fun. And I just love spending time with them. Oh, that's great. I loved P.S. I Love You as well. I, Isla's books is another one. She's so skilled at creating communities and groups and series and with interconnected people that just feel alive and just feel like you know those people and the banter and the chemistry of so that's a low angst book recommendation p.s i loathe you is low angst do you have any other low angst book recommendations oh god whatever that i liked um so rm neil just came out with a a new book uh, twice in a lifetime and her books are just really sweet really wonderful just great characters. This is, I think, the end of her series. I think she just started writing about a year or so ago, but she has just a lot of great books out. Casey Cox, his Vet Shop Boys series is wonderful. If you read my books and you enjoy them, you will love Casey's books. It is found family. It is humor, heart. There's steam, like definitely there's steam in there. Um, So it's just great. It's about a group of friends who work at a veterinary office. It's wonderful. May Archer's books are fantastic. They pick me. Um, I forget what the sequel is called. I haven't read it yet. Her books are wonderful. And, and then you have, you know, your KM Newhall, your Lucy Lennox. They're also fantastic as well. Yes. So many good ones. I agree with all those. Yeah. Great, great, great books. So since we've been talking yeah. about other people's books for a bit, let's get back to yours. But your okay. first series, the Browerton University series is College Set. And we've got mm-hmm. the single dad's club with guys kind of in and around middle age, early middle age, like forties. Yeah. Early forties. I, I, I just turned 40. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, is that technically middle age? Holy shit. Okay. Then <laughs> 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 you've got your latest series, South Rock High, which is, mm-hmm. you know, focus on the high school teacher. So late twenties, early thirties. So your series have mm-hmm. kind of spanned several age groups. And I'm curious when you go to write a series, are you picking an age group specifically with that series in mind? Or is this more of like an overall plan for you to kind of touch on various age groups? Uh, so it was not part of a plan. I actually had an idea for teachers. So Amos, the first protagonist of ancient history, he was the best friend character in the last single dad's club. There he met his friends. And that's just kind of how this new series came about. So I didn't really do much thinking about like, oh, I was, was writing 40-somethings. Now I want to write 20-somethings. So I have been kind of all over the place. I think it just depends about the story and the series. I think after this, I would love to write more 40-something characters. That's closer to my age. I think just when you're in your 40s, it's different. It's a different type. You're more sure of yourself. You're more confident in who you are. 
you're dealing with, with, with different things. You're able to look back in the rear view mirror more, but you still have so much of your lives ahead of you. Um, so I definitely love to get back to characters of that age set. But I think for me, it's all about what characters are speaking to me right now. And then I get to know them and then they tell me their age. So <laughs> I love that. That works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to do it. And you did reference this. So how your South Rock High series, Amos and his friends are in the single dad club in the last book of that series. And so that's kind of a connected series in a connected universe. What yeah. made you decide to do that? And are you thinking of going even further and having other series or what are your thoughts of that? So when I started writing the South Rock or the single dad series, I want to keep it at a trilogy because my last series just went on and on and there was no plan in place with it. I love those books, but there, there was no thought out through line for the characters there. So I wanted to do something different and have more a thought thought out storylines in the single dad's club. So when you read that book, even though each book can be read as a standalone, you'll see that there are storylines that progress in each book just subtly. You know, like in one book, someone's daughter is dating this guy and then in the next book, she gets engaged and the third book, it's her wedding. All the characters have you see them, you see them progress. And even with like Cal and Rush, you get to see their relationship continue to develop in future books. So I love that. And I love this world that I created. So instead of me creating just another fake small town that would have been just as similar to Sarahwood, I was like, well, why don't we just keep it all together? And I have found that readers do love staying in the same world. They love seeing characters from previous books check in in new series. So that's something I really want to do. So in the South Rock High series, there will be characters from the Single Dads Club that will cameo in these books. So it's just a way to show everyone together. I, I love the world of Sarah World that I created. It's quirky. It's fun. The stores have fun, cool names. Um, so I want to keep all that. I didn't want to change anything. And, you know, since it is a, a town, there's so much you can do with it. There's so many different types of people that you can explore. It's like my own personal Springfield. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. I really enjoy that as a reader too. It makes me think of also like how Isla Olsen has the Kelly family series and then the, or the offshoots that you meet characters in that one and then the offshoots with the yeah. different series. And I just really love when authors do that because it feels as a reader, like a richer experience. Those cameos and Easter eggs are just like a little giddy moment when you're reading and you don't necessarily expect it. And it just adds to that fun vibe of reading a book. I just love it. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, that gif online or that meme of like Leonardo DiCaprio and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood pointing at the TV. And I like that's what it is when you see like a fun Easter egg or you see a character reference. So I love planting those and I love reading those or I love like seeing those when I'm watching something like, oh, hey, I get that reference. So it's fun. You know, people love being in on something. Yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> And so with your, we talked a bit about your new series, South Rock High. And so that's set in a high school among teachers. And do you have experience teaching in high school or kind of how are you getting that setting, that contextual info? Reading it, it felt really vivid. I loved it. I just kept thinking of like my high school experience, even though it was many years ago. I just kept thinking of that. Like, it, isn't it funny? I can't remember what I ate yesterday or where I was a week ago, but I can remember the exact layout of my high school, which I've not set foot in in 20 years. I can still remember it. I can still remember like the people walking in the halls. I can still remember the teachers. It is just like visually imprinted on my brain. Yeah. So like, I just, 
I just used that as a basis. I still remember all these like random stories and quirky things that I try to plant in these books as well. Um, I wasn't planning to write a book set in high school, but I had this idea for like a fun title. It just kind of came to me one day when I was driving, thinking like, oh, a second chance romance about a history teacher who's obsessed with the past. And then I'm like, oh, he teaches history, like ancient history. And then I just had this idea of like, oh, what are other fun subjects I can do that with? Oh, drama could be a fun one. Advanced chemistry could be a fun one. So that's how that came about. Also, like I um, watched a few episodes of the show called Abbott Elementary. And I was like, oh, like they, that's a really fun show that also takes place in a school. And I just, I just remember hearing all these random stories. You know, when you're in high school or junior high, you hear all these random stories about your teachers that make you realize, oh, they're actual real people with yes. lives. <laughs> like, I, I remember senior year our English teacher she was telling this story about how like she went to meet some friends one night and then like she thought her car got stolen so then she called the insurance company and like her car was stolen she filed her police report and she wound up getting a new car and then like two months later she was walking around and she found her car like in the parking in this on the side street where she parked it two months ago and forgotten and we all laughed. And then like afterwards, I thought like, oh, you mean my teacher was so effing drunk that she forgot where she parked. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what you mean. <laughs> oh my God. That is hilarious. <laughs> Teachers, they're just like us. <laughs> and that really comes through in the first book in ancient history because there's those moments where the teachers are texting each other and it feels like simultaneously telling their students to stop texting in class, but then sort of like doing it themselves too. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of upcoming projects, what can readers get excited about that you're willing to share? Uh, there's going to be the next South Rock High book. Is called Drama. It's an enemies to lovers between a theater teacher and a football coach who are mortal enemies. Then they have to pretend to be fake boyfriends for a wedding. So that will be coming out in November. And then in 2023, there's going to be two more South Rock High books in the series. And then after that, I'm still toying with what my next series will be. So I don't want to say anything just yet, but it'll definitely probably be in the same universe low angst. So I'm still figuring that out. So I don't want to say anything and print it on the podcast. I don't want to be held to it, but just you know, expect more of the same. Like I said, I love writing these books. I love being able to be funny and sexy in books. Um, so it's just, it's super freeing. And I'm excited to like, chances are it'll probably be set in Sarawood or connected to these books, but I'm still figuring that out. Oh, so much exciting stuff to look forward to. Yeah. Yay. So how would you sum up what people can expect from an A.J. Truman story? Um, I have to say it's about it's where LOL meets DTF. Um, DTF means down to F hyphen hyphen K. <laughs> <laughs> so it's humor, it's heart and it's hot guys. I definitely really try to emphasize the humor because I hate when I read books where you're like, oh, like the, the it's book is so funny and like I did not laugh once. Mm, um, yes. <laughs> so my my books I really aim to just put a smile on your face. I love when like people say to me, "Oh my god, I was like hysterically laughing during your book," or like your book made me like crack up. Like that is what I want. You know, on the loving conversation, like I said, there's people who, who read 
books and like, oh my God, I love that you just like ripped on my heart and like stomped on it. I will not be doing that. I'm here to just make you laugh, but also make you fall in love with these characters. Um, so yeah, I mean, and I guess just, yeah, humor, heart, and hot guys are like the three elements. Oh, that's perfect. That's <laughs> so good. So what are yeah. the best ways for readers to learn more about you, your stories, and get in touch? Yeah, so you can go to Um, You can get a free short story that's set in the South Rock universe by signing up for my newsletter. I send it out once or twice a month. And then whenever there's a bunch of other free short stories from my other series that you can read as well for newsletter subscribers, you can go on Facebook. I have a Facebook group called The Outsiders. So there I'll share teasers. We'll have some fun conversations there. I'll give heads up on what's going on with future books. And then if you just want to get alerts about when the next book is coming out, you can follow me on BookBub or follow me on Amazon. And then they'll send you an automated alert when my next book comes out. Perfect. And I'll add those links to the show notes. And then you can always just email me directly. I always respond to email. So just info at ajhuman.com and yeah, let's chat. <laughs> awesome. Great. Thank you so much for talking with me. This has been an absolute delight. I'm so excited to get to talk to you. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. I had so much fun talking with AJ. As I mentioned earlier, this interview was recorded a while ago, and since we've talked, he's released drama, which we talked about in the interview, but also the next in his South Rock High series is available for pre-order. Romance Languages is Julian's story and is a friends to lovers virgin romance, and it shows a release date of June 30th. AJ also released a funny paranormal romance in December called Only One Coffin. It's a grumpy sunshine, forced proximity romance. There's a link to AJ's Amazon page in the show notes. Thanks so much for joining me in the Low Angst Library. I hope you enjoyed this interview with AJ. Is there an author of Low Angst Queer Romance that you'd like me to interview? Well, there's a link in the show notes and on lowangstlibrary.com with a guest suggestion form. If you're an author writing Low Angst Queer Romance, there's a self-suggestion form in the show notes and on the website as well. A major goal of mine with this podcast is to have guests writing main characters in romance novels that represent all identities under the queer umbrella. So your suggestions will help me with that. If you'd like to financially support the podcast, offset the costs of hosting, editing software, and tr episode transcription for accessibility, you can buy me a coffee. The link is in the show notes. Other ways you can support the podcast are by sharing episodes with your reader friends and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or another podcatcher that you found the show on. The show is also on social media at Low Angst Library. Until next time, keep reading. Keep reading.